So game week one's done. Greg, how did it go for you? Claude, it started extremely, extremely badly when I was watching the first game on Saturday and Bruno Fernandes scored a hat-trick and I went without Bruno. So it got a lot better from there, thank goodness. Um, so you were definitely not a great start. So you decided to go with Bruno rather than yes, Bruno. <laughs> I went, I went Bruno against against the against the trend, a very dangerous move. But right. I, I just felt it was better for the balance of my team, and thankfully that balance did come through in the end. Uh, my my Bruno yes draft would would have scored ninety five points, um, and my Bruno draft scored eighty nine. So, considering he scored a hat trick of. Uh, an XG of, uh, I think it was, what was it, 0. Point, I think 0. 0.4 or something? What was, what was his XG? Um, it was extremely low. Yes, it, um, his, his XG was 0. 0.68, 0. which 0.68. is absolutely crazy to think yeah. that he, so, I mean, it, that is nuts. He, he wasn't even, he's expected to literally basically score one goal in that whole game, which just shows how good, the finishing was over there it was absolutely crazy yeah exactly and that's and that's just variance again for you in in fpl i mean if he'd scored one goal i would have looked like an absolute hero because even though he, he scored even if he'd only <laughs> scored two goals it would have been fantastic for me but the three goals yeah it, it, it made it very painful start but uh, uh thankfully sunny came through against uh, city at the end and uh and Antonio and I just had a nice balance of guys that all seemed to score points, except for Mares, who, who kind of missed a bit of a sitter against uh, Spurs. So I can't really complain about my choice. Well, talking about uh, uh, Riyad Mahrez, you know, from all the teams that didn't score, which was just five teams, City had the highest XG, which is 1.91, which is almost double is it well, what what was Man manchester united xg was 1.47 for oh. the whole game against leeds so when you put that into perspective i mean that is just crazy i mean oh, that's exactly it and, and yeah. that's the thing in the short term you can't look at one game where you can go oh, i've made a big mistake here you've yeah, got to, yeah you've got to realize that you've made a plan for six to ten weeks and you know i i must say even though the week started so badly um, I look at my team for game week two. I don't have to make any transfers. Uh, uh, my team like, seems to be really nicely balanced. So I'm quite happy. I think over six game weeks, my decision will be right. Uh, I've just got to hope that Bruno doesn't continue to punish me. <laughs> well, he's got Southampton up next, which, uh, yeah, looking now that they've sold Vestergaard as well, that's going to be quite an interesting one because that whole team looks so poor. And I just don't know what to make of that at the moment. I mean, they they don't seem to be... I mean, they brought Armstrong, which who did well in the championship last season, but defensively, they just don't look at it. So, I mean, based on what I'm seeing so far, I'm starting to think that Southampton becomes a very viable option to target for, for captaincy um, this weekend. So <laughs> that would be something interesting. Yeah, they do look shaky at the back for sure. Um, we'll just have to, I think we'll just have to take a look at the stats, see what the, what the fixtures present. I, I still think that uh, Salah's got to be the got to be the main man option for for game week two. Yeah, yeah. Look, when I'm looking at it as well, you know, I still, you know, Burnley are no longer that defensively solid team that we associated them with 
like three or four seasons ago or two seasons ago even i think they've dropped off you know quite significantly significantly i mean looking at the expected goals conceded as well against brighton look i know it's only one game but it was 1.73 and that's actually you know uh, burnley were generally the type of team which gives you very low quality chances but that definitely seems to have dropped off a little bit and looking at uh, the you know southampton they had a, a expected goals conceded of two and they conceded three as well so yeah look uh, i think it'll be a i don't want to i wonder i think it might be a little bit more of an even split compared to game week, game week one where i think game week one you, you know you had um what was it? Two million captainers for for Salah and about eight hundred thousand for Bruno. I think that number will be a little bit more even now, considering that Bruno scored the hat trick as well. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's actually an advantage for for the people who sort of pay attention to stats. I know, I know form is always a big thing, but I think uh, I think that the the people the number of people that will go for Fernandez will give you an option will, will give you more of an opportunity as a as a Salah captainer. And hopefully that'll that'll bring the right return because I, I do think that Liverpool's fixtures is a way better one. I think City's one is probably the best, but without having a, a nailed-on person and uh, you know there was no one who, who sort of put up their hand in the City game saying that 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 they should be captained. So I think you want to just go with Salah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, looking at my team as well, I don't think I'm making any changes. I don't. When I say I'm not making any changes, I'm not making any transfers, not making any <laughs> subs, no captaincy or anything. I'm just going to leave it as is. I captain Salah, I had yeah. Fene- I had Bruno and Son, so I was really really fortunate. On top of having hundred club, yes, exactly one hundred. I, I was oh, sitting I, I was sitting at on ninety points before the the the, the City and, and Spurs game and then Son came through with exactly 10 points so so that was quite amazing nice way to kick kick start the season or kick what off a, the season what a start to the season 100 points you definitely can't <laughs> complain about that exactly. but the issue is like the average score FPL score was like 61 this week which is in itself just sounds so insane you know so yeah. I suppose for, for, for everybody who scored 70 plus well done but it if I had to score 70, I would have felt so let down this weekend because... <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Like, usually yeah, yeah. usually a score 60 or above, you're absolutely thrilled. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I got exactly. 89 points and I was I was bitterly disappointed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. It, it it definitely felt like one of those weeks. It, it almost felt like a double game week where you feel, okay, if you're going to score less than 100, you feel like it's it's a failure of a week. But, uh, exactly. you know, so, so to, to be able to, to kick off the week, the, well, the season like this, you know, it, it really feels, uh, it, it definitely does feel good. And, and like going into the next few game weeks as well. I mean, we spoke about it in the, in the first episode where we said, you know, we're building a team for what, like six, seven weeks or, or whatever the case may be. And uh, to be... And now, you know, I just feel that much more confident in my team going into the next game week. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be making any changes going into this weekend. Yeah, I think having Sun is definitely an advantage for game week three. I think there there's there are no real captaincy options on game week three. I think it's all, all quite difficult. So I think he could be a, a key, key differential in terms of captaincy when it comes to game week three. So yeah, I think he's yeah. a good pick. And I think... Uh, you know, obviously, you going Bruno. That that was that was great that you could fit them all into your team. I I, I think 
I never really expected Marius to to do amazingly well against Spurs, but uh, you know, it's just it is a little bit frustrating when they had so many chances and, and didn't convert anything. And I felt like Grealish was definitely the player that was was making more more moves into the box than Marius. Marius was almost almost felt like he had a bit of a a string tied to him, and you and he was pulling back in a more more sort of defensive role, um, if I can if I can say that. He he didn't really want to get into the box as much as Grealish did. So it was quite interesting to watch. I thought, I felt a little bit disappointed, I guess, with uh, with Mahrez as a pick. But I mean, the real the real reason you have him is for, for Norwich game week two. So we'll have to see what happens this weekend. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting one. And, uh, you know, uh, talking about uh, Manchester City now, you know, for those people who do have Manchester City players in their team, it this will be the right time to just hold on to them, even if it's just one more week, even if you're not convinced by what's going on or this. I, I think it was Gundogan. He's he's injured. I think he may be injured for the weekend. But um, yeah, it looked like he just. I think he dislocated his shoulder right near the end of the game. Um, yeah, yeah. That's so I right, think so. if you, if you have him, you're probably going to be forced into a transfer. Um, and then are you just playing a game of pep roulette if you want if you want to replace him with someone like Grealish or Mahrez? Um, yeah, yeah. But there's some there's some great options out there. I mean Ben Rama really came through for for West Ham, and I think he's only I think he's gone up to six point one million now. Oh, but, so um, yeah, he's at a price he rise now. Yeah. Or he might be rising tonight. But uh, he he's definitely a, looks like a good option. But I, I just worry about him against Leicester this weekend. So. I would, I would I would say Greenwood looks nailed on. He he had a fantastic game. Um, he was my Bruno cover, and I think he did well. I think he was unlucky not to get to get more out of the the Leeds game. Do you have his expected numbers up on uh, on your screen? I, um, I can pull them up quickly. Yeah. Let's have a look here. Um, yeah, well, look, um, you know, talking about uh, that as well, like you know, in terms of the City game, I think. You know, this is the, you know, one of those, if you call it like a crossroads moment where if you have a player, just be patient for one more game because the Norwich fixture, if you look at, I mean, like I said, they they had, they had such a high XG in comparison to other teams that scored three, four goals in the game. Mm. And I'm thinking against Norwich, who didn't look good defensively against Liverpool. I think that's where uh, they they'll, they'll create so many more chances against Norwich that I think you it could be be a massive haul if you're willing to be patient, take the risk, and possibly put the captaincy on someone like Mahrez. Yeah, I think the only the only concern you have is with Mahrez is just is just is he nailed on for ninety minutes, and that I think that's where it really pushes me towards Salah. But the yeah. one thing you have to say about City is that. They have every season, for five plus seasons, outperformed their their expected goals, and they've underperformed it in their first game. I can promise you that's not going to happen for the rest of the season. Exactly. That, yeah. that clinical yeah. finishing will come back. They will get those goals, and if, and you, also if you can somehow find a player to 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 put in your team, I think it's a bit of a no-brainer. It's just it's just that pepperlet that always makes it so difficult. Yeah, and, and also, I think especially when you look at somebody like Norwich, you know, they, they'll concede so many more chances than, than Spurs will, you know, because they're not as defensively good. 
So exactly. if you're going to be giving away, if, if you're going to be giving away more chances and, and good quality chances like what City had against uh, uh, Spurs, then it, it could be a big week if, if you're willing to take the risk. But I don't have the appetite for it at the moment. I'm not willing <laughs> to do it right now. But yeah, looking at, uh, you know, I, I was asking you about uh, Mason Greenwood's um, uh, XG. So he had an expected goals of 0.15, which like it's just one game. And we spoke about the mm. fact that the, the finishing was just so good that, you know, it was low quality chances, but finished off. And uh, so, uh, but like you said, you know, he looks so good in that game and he's nailed on. And at 7.5 million, it's really hard to look past him. Right? Yeah, I, I think with Greenwood, I think he's he's definitely nailed on in the short term. I think uh, he, I think he he seems to be uh, uh, one of Ole Gunnar's real favourites, and I think uh, if he continues to perform, I'm hoping that he, he sort of makes that spot his own. Because uh, there's always a concern when Cavani's fully fit and back that you know he's going to get some more game time. But it kind of looks like Cavani will play maybe even less than last season, and and maybe be the super sub. And uh, you know, and Martial definitely after Greenwood's performance, I don't see him taking taking Greenwood's spot. So it's it's just a question of uh, of where all these players slot in. And I think there's always going to be a question mark over Greenwood's minutes. I think that's the one advantage you have with Fernandez, as you know, he's going to play 90 minutes. Um, and when when Rashford and Sancho and and Cavani are all back, I think Greenwood might might suffer a little bit. But for the moment, it's definitely definitely not concerned for the next uh, next few game weeks. I also think he's a player that's good enough to get you returns if you're willing to stick it out with him. Like I think, look, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'll be proven completely wrong. But he strikes me as a type of player that you, you'd expect him to play like almost three out of four games, if if you know, yeah. like that. Which I think at seven point five million is perfect. It's it's cheap enough to not like take up too much money out of your team where you can just it, 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 the same goes for Jota I suppose you know like players who are that good and that cheap you can you you feel much more comfortable being able to almost ride it out with them because you know that they're good for points when they do play but uh, yeah I think because I have Bruno it's not too much of a hassle for me at the moment but yeah def- if I if I if I was looking to double up at some point in time I may just consider Greenwood at, at, at some point especially I don't want to call him a budget enabler because at 7.5 I don't think he's necessarily that cheap but in in a good enough price to to take a chance on him you know yeah, yeah I see I always I'm always worried about the double ups and and that's the thing is like it's it, it's nice to have these these guys that are only 7.5 who who like you said are you know very probably going to play three out of four games but that's a lot easier later on in the season when your when your bench is looking a little bit stronger a little bit stronger yeah yes, at the moment right, i think yeah. everyone's got a very very minimal bench you know for me i've i've basically got nothing and i've got i had watkins who who i sort of took a chance on because i didn't i didn't really I didn't really have a replacement, and, I, and it's interesting because I never really considered Richarlison from uh, from Everton. Uh, I think if I if I'd probably put more thought into it, I, I, he might have been an option for me. But um, I couldn't find anyone in that in that price bracket. I couldn't afford Ings, and I knew that Watkins would definitely be back for the game week two and three fixture. 
And so I, I took a there was a 50 50% chance of him playing on the weekend and I took a chance he didn't play and then I had uh, Ben White coming off the bench and I which I thought oh great you know Ben White could probably going to get a clean sheet against Brentford and, then and he gets you one point and then he gets me one point and you know for game week 2 it 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 was it was it was a calculated gamble because for game week 2 I'm very happy to have him in my team but uh it, it definitely cost me a few points there and uh it was difficult with that 7.5, you know, like like when you've got that weak bench, one of your players doesn't play, and you get one point off the bench, it's a big hole, especially in a high-scoring game week when pretty much everyone scored. I mean, you've got Ings scoring a penalty in the 97th minute, so you, you definitely dashed, uh, dashed all my hopes and dreams, <laughs> because if he'd blanked, it really would have, my Watkins pick would, would definitely have been, been a good one. Yeah, the, the, the Ings one was a bittersweet moment for me because I had Bachman as my keeper and I have Ings in my team as well. So yeah. in one way, I kind of got lucky with that penalty that Ings came through. On the other hand, I was I was thinking, okay, if Bachman saves this, he's under 3% <laughs> owned, right? Yeah. So And Daddy Ings is like 30% owned. So if I exactly. get the penalty saved... I'm really cooking with gas over here, you know. I'm, Isn't uh, that interesting with the with the effective ownership? House, how sometimes <laughs> like a player actually getting minus points would have been better for you because exactly, of your other exactly. player getting more points. Yeah, yeah because the, the high ownership just kind of evens out and then my differential will kick in, you know. So, exactly. so like I said, a bit of a bittersweet moment over there. But you know what? It is what it is. It's still points on the board, so it doesn't matter over there, you know. <laughs> and then uh, the one player that I want to talk about who's actually now 7.6 million is Pogba. He, now, he was amazing on the weekend, right? I mean, it, it looked like he was playing for France for a change. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. the first time I've seen him actually... You know, the thing with, about Pogba is when he's on fire, he is a phenomenal player. And yeah, he, you just yeah. you just feel like he, he's he's one of the greatest players in the world when he's on when he's when he's playing to his full potential. Yeah, I, um, I mean, I think he, if he plays like this, he he becomes like a Ballon d'Or contender. And I'm not saying this, you know, out of exaggeration. You're saying it as a Liverpool fan, so you you must be really meaning it. <laughs> no, definitely, I think he's just that good. You know, he has all the attributes to be like. You know, he's one of those players you just. You, just, you know when 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 they they're like almost like a force of nature type of player when they're on yeah. it you just can't stop them you know so exactly. looking at his numbers over here his expected assist was 0 0.49 i mean isn't, isn't it crazy and he got yeah. four assists and, and it kind of it kind of brings me back a little bit to i think it was william last season for for arsenal who got three assists in in game week one and everyone was rushed transferring uh, William into their teams. <laughs> that's right. And, that's right, and I think yeah. those were probably that's probably the last points he scored the entire season. So, yeah, you have to be a little bit careful. And I think for me, Pogba's still on my. He's not even on my watch list to be honest. I, no. I, I would, I would be happily going Bruno or, or Greenwood before before I looked at Pogba. And maybe and he might prove me wrong in weeks to come. But uh, I think for the moment, that's that's where my head's at. Yeah, I think where the issue with, with with someone like Pogba over here is that, again, you know, the the the, the XGs were so low that it it leads me to believe that fine, yes, he played well, yes, he got the the, the assist, but it, there's always that nagging doubt is that when 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 the when the XGs are so low, 
it takes a lot of effort to convert those passes into assist and i think that's where it becomes a little bit more of a problem whereas like if you look at someone like city you know when they play those those the, those those crosses across the box you know those those typical city goals those are those are assists that have a high percentage chance of becoming a goal you know and yeah and, and i like, think i think with a midfielder you you're looking for someone who scores as well not yeah, someone who's just assisting. Exactly. Um, it, it's very difficult if, if if you're just basing your your pick on someone who's going to get assists. I, I think you're going to you know assist is only three points for a midfielder and a goal is five points. And I think you know if a guy's getting one or two assists here and there, it's you know, it just doesn't come close to the value of of someone who's scoring goals. Yeah, sure, definitely. And I suppose if if Pogba was two million cheaper. You think, okay, you know, let's take a punch on him. It might be a lot, a lot tougher to ignore. Yes, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because uh, yeah, but at seven point five, there's just too many. Well, now seven point six, there's just too many options. You know, yeah. So that that was def- that, that was an amazing stat. I mean, essentially half an assist expected, and he gets four. So yeah, that was definitely one of the standard ones I was looking for. Now, the the, the that leads me to leads. So Leeds are, are, are pretty much on brand since last season, you know, going and conceding bucket loads against attacking teams. Yeah. But the the the, the flip side of it is that compared to the likes of Newcastle, Southampton, and if I if I'm looking at the the expected goals conceded, right? Newcastle were the highest on the weekend. They were three, and they ended up conceding four goals. Southampton were. 2.09 and they conceded three goals and then the third highest was actually spurs with 1.91 and they didn't concede at all yeah now um looking at that over there leads are all the way down in four five six seven eight ninth they were ninth for expected goals conceded okay now the one thing we noticed about leads last season it was almost like when they conceded they conceded a lot but when they didn't concede, they kept clean sheets. Okay, so, and I suppose, so so in that case, would you say that, you know, Leeds defenders still aren't a complete write-off, you know, would you expect them to be, I know it's just one game, but I'm also trying to look at last season as well, yeah. where you think that against the weaker teams, I'm thinking of the teams which don't score that many, like Brighton and, and so on. Do you still think like you know, Leeds defenders are still good to go over here? Yeah, I, I would count Leeds out. I think I think their their fixtures were like game week one fixture was always going to be tough, and you can see them they'll they'll definitely start making big strides up the rankings in terms of attack and defence going forward. So, you know, I think I think for me the Leeds guys are on are on the watch list. I think when their fixtures are are really good, I think bringing in a guy like Ailing would would definitely be a good move. Um, but I, I'm I wouldn't do it just yet. I think. At the moment, you know, I've planned my team for, like we said, you know, six game weeks. Um, my, my defense is the place that I want to make the fewest transfers. I want to have those transfers available for the midfield to to, to catch the guys that are on form, to, to cap, capture the fixture changes at, 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 at the most, where I can make the most points. And so at the moment, I've got uh, Trent and, and Simikas and, uh, um, and Shaw. And I'm quite happy with that defence going into game week two. And then I've got Ben White sitting on my bench waiting for game week four when, when the Arsenal uh, when the Arsenal fixtures get yeah, better. Yeah. And I, I really am hoping that I don't have to make any defensive transfers early on. 
yeah, if you're looking to wildcard later, like sort of game week seven or, or, or earlier, then you can certainly look at a, a Leeds defender. But I think for now, just just focus on your on where the big points are, are created, and that's that's the midfield and the forwards. Yeah, de- de- definitely. I think the re- reason why I brought up Leeds defense because I've seen Luke Ailing in so many teams. <laughs> so yeah. it's like he he's quite well owned. And like like you say, you know, the fixtures just li- didn't lend itself initially. So I never even considered these defenders. But uh, here we are, you know. And uh, the one other player that I want to talk about at 5.5 million is Stuart Dallas. Now, when, you know, I have, I, I've built a model where, you know, you can essentially recalculate a, a, a player's points based on, 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 on a positional change. And I remembered when I, I did it for Dallas, as, as, I already knew that that Dallas will get re- reclassified as a midfielder even before the game opened up the season. And okay. so when I saw it, I wasn't even surprised. And I I recalculated him as a, as a midfield based on last season's points. All I did was just exclude bonus points. Yeah. And um, because obviously the bonus works differently depending on your position as well, but uh, your classification and... He, he had numbers, if I remember, something comparable to, to, to Suchek, who seemed very much in fashion, if you want to call it that, if yeah. right. So at 5.5 million, even when the, when the fixtures turn, do you ever think that he becomes a viable midfield option? Or you're thinking, you know, a Jack Harrison for 4.5 more or a Rafinha for a million more is, is just so much more worth it than trying to take a punt on, un, unless you're looking at Dallas as a budget enabler. Yeah, for me, I'd still stay away from Dallas. I think, uh, you know, you, you, you've got to remember that the points he scored last season were probably again if you, if you look at the expected data i wouldn't i wouldn't expect him to 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 have such an amazing season even if he was classified as a defender this this year um so for, for me at 0.5 more like you mentioned harrison i think is an option but i think rafinha at 6.5 is is just too good to to turn down so for me when when the leads fixtures turn and i think I think you've got to be a little bit careful of the international break because um, there's there's some talk that the Brazil players might not be able to play in, in, in game week four and there, there might be some issues with quarantine and coming back into the country. Yeah, they might miss so, two game weeks from what I'm seeing so far. So, yeah, yeah, so it's going to be quite... if, you've got to be a little bit careful. I think there's another break in game week seven. I'm not sure if Brazil play in that one as well. So I think I think you definitely want to target a guy like Rafinha, but just keep your, your eyes and ears open to... To whether they're going to be be missing fixtures or not, and then it might just be in an avoid until until those international games are, are are finished and done. Well, I took a punt on him. I have him in my team yeah. now, but uh, yeah, I, I suppose I let it be. You know, um, game week four's headache, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> and, and and decided then. But uh, yeah, uh, no, look uh, again. The reason why I mentioned Dallas specifically is that I've actually seen him in quite a few teams. So uh, you know. Uh, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, what is it that drew people to him? You know, I think maybe I think it's, it's the it's the old nuggets of of looking on your when you build your team and they have all the players sorted by points. <laughs> that's and, right. And Dallas right. is is sorted he's by right his points from top, last, yeah, and he's right, yeah, you know, he's he's right there at the top. And I think that's what happens. Is I think the majority of players, you know, as we know, are just recreational FBL players, and uh, and they see Dallas at the top and they go, oh, well, for five point five. How could I not choose him? Exactly. Yeah. No. It, 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 definitely. Definitely. I think that's about it. And uh, 
but but um, so uh, the other th- team that I wanted to talk about was Watford. Now, you know, be, because of their newly promoted team, and I don't know enough about them. I kind of just avoided the attackers. Like, I know a lot of people were going, you know, big on Ismail Assar. And I liked him because, I, you know, from the last time he was in the Premier League and so on, he looked really good. And um, so, so I just kind of, but, but I decided, no, I'm not going to be taking a chance on them this early in the season. I'll watch them for a few game, games first. Now, the one player that stood out for me was actually Emmanuel Dennis because he played fairly centrally, okay? So, I suppose at 5, was it 5 or 5.5 million, I think he'd yeah, be one that, yeah. yeah, you know, that I kind of put on the watch list. But was there any anything in particular that you saw about Watford that, um, that made you think, okay, you know what, it's worth having a look at them over the next three or four games? Yeah, I think I think Saul, Saul looked great. I think Dennis at 5 million is... is potentially your your third attacker that you know slash bench player that that, that can can score you some points uh, later on in the season um, but i mean just looking at the fixtures they've got brighton next away and then spurs away so i i wouldn't be rushing to get these guys in your team i think your your strategy of let's let's see what these promoted teams do you know like we we saw brentford score two goals and tony didn't get any points um, I think it's a similar thing here. Although Saw did very well and scored a goal, um, I would be just putting them on your watch lists, looking out for when their fixtures improve, and if if these players continue to show you know quality, then uh, bring them in when the time's right. And uh, yeah. that that yeah. might be might be game week four for Watford. Um, but I think there there are also some great fixtures for Wolves around that time and, and Arsenal. So it's just a question of who who's really the form players when it comes to that point. Ah, definitely. And uh, talking about, you know, uh, like Sa specifically, to be fair, his, his goal was really, really fortunate. If you look at it, it was a heavy deflection. You wouldn't expect him, him to typically score from there. And if you look at Watford's XG, it was, it was only 0.86. So it, it was fairly low quality chances. And then they obviously scored three goals. But especially SARS one in in particular, it was just it was really really fortunate. So yeah, th- that's one thing that also that I you know I looked at and I said okay you know what I just need to be uh, you know, I need to mention this when we do the podcast as well. <laughs> so because a lot of people look at it, oh wow SARS scored you know and let's yeah. jump on him. But actually, if you look at it, it, he was very very fortunate over there. Yeah, you, you've got to be like, it's it's one game week. And, and I think that's the key thing you've got to remember. If if you can bank that transfer and your team doesn't need any changes, try and do it because I promise you game week two is going to have a completely different outlook and they're going to be guys that, that come through the, and, and things change so quickly week to week. So, I, I, you know, it, it, it was great to see that there's potential there, but I wouldn't be rushing on it. And uh, I mean, in a similar vein, if you, if, if you watch that Newcastle-West Ham game, I mean, it was it was just wide open at at one point. I think there was it was just end to end, and there were just goals galore, and you know that that that, that again, like you know, you've got some some West Ham players like Ben Rama who who just looked fantastic, um, Antonio, the obvious one, you know, the the guy that I had in my team, um, 
so you you've got to start thinking like maybe maybe teams playing against Newcastle they're going to they're going to be these open fixtures or yeah. West Ham might be the same yeah. and uh, you really need some more data you need the game week two data the game week three data to to sort of confirm what you've seen in these in these first weeks. Yeah, exactly, and and that's why I think you know uh, you know when we we mentioned this as well, and and I suppose we we're so repetitive on this, but it reinforces the point of building a a team for three, four, five, six game weeks because you have enough data by then to be able to work to say, okay, during that next block of fixtures, this is what I'm going to be able to be working with. And talking about West Ham, they were they're the fourth highest uh, expected goals conceded, one point seven nine. And I think you mentioned them during uh, our, our, our during the first episode where you said like you know you weren't conv- convinced by um, West Ham defenders, and I wasn't either. But at the time, I had so far in my draft. <laughs> yeah. And I I looked at it as well, and I thought, no, look, you know what? At five million, maybe I can downgrade to a, a Brighton defender or whatever, and then look to 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 spend that point five elsewhere. And I think at the moment, there's nothing that really convinces me. Like someone like Cresswell, look, he's good for attacking returns and so on. But yeah, um, at, at this point in time, I'm just not sold on any of the, the of, of West Ham defenders right now. Um, who played keeper for West Ham, by the way? Because that game I actually didn't watch. Was it, uh, uh, was it Alphonse Ariola or was it Fabianski? It was Fabianski. Okay, right. Yeah. Because that was one... When I looked at, uh, uh, you know, at Areola last season, you know, he obviously looked good at Fulham. And I thought at, at, for that, maybe that 0.5 extra, he might be a great goalkeeper at West Ham. But then I looked at the fact that Fabianski is still the number one and he's been quite solid for West Ham for years now. So, he, you know, I just kind of swerved that one and I, now I feel justified as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, d- definitely, you know, um, looking at um, so, some of the other um, uh, t- not- notable or I won't say notable, but some of the hidden numbers here is that Leicester actually conceded they were seventh, seventh highest expected goals conceded. They were 1.49, which is actually quite high. And um, I mean, they were playing against a Wolves team. So maybe Wolves, like you said, is one of those teams we need to look out when, especially somebody like Raul Jimenez coming in at game week four or whatever, when they uh, when they kind of alternate with Villa <laughs> in the yeah, pictures as I, well. So I mean, well, everyone will remember from previous seasons that uh, Jimenez is just a he's an FPL genius. Yes, so he's a legend. I, I think yeah. everyone's everyone who's who's been playing for a few seasons has lined him up for for that game week four, uh, where they really their fixtures really really become great. Um, so we'll just have to see. I mean, he's come coming back from injury, which is always tough. Uh, if he can start to to show some signs of improvement in the in the next few games, then I think he, he's definitely on my game week four plan at the moment to to come yeah. in. Same, yeah. And uh, the the one the one player who I've always been amazed by, and I think I have a bit of a soft spot for him, is 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 Callum Wilson. You know, since I saw him at I think it was at Bournemouth when he came up to the Premier League, he just looks such yeah. a player. And uh, so obviously he looks to be the one player from Newcastle where you can almost, he's so highly involved goal-wise that you even if Newcastle are poor, he looks to be able to score goals. I mean, so, his, stat, his stats yeah. are just incredible. I mean, that's, that's 
just looking at his stats from pre, from previous seasons is the reason that I, I felt like I had to have him in my team, and I and I ended up just making making sure that I had him and you know I had to squeeze him in, and thank goodness I did because he he's just one of those guys who just always seems to score goals, and if he yeah. doesn't score, yeah. he's he's always involved somehow, and uh, yeah, I think he he's definitely a player. If you're going to choose a player from Newcastle, I think he he's the one to have. I thought Saint Maximum was brilliant i mean he i think he was breaking ankles at one point where he, he was turning defenders left i mean the guys were falling over he, he was just making them look silly but the problem with him is i don't think that that converts into fpl points it's a bit yeah, like a, yeah. a dama Traore. you know he, he looks amazing but never never converts it to fpl or points for you if, if if they had a points for running really fast <laughs> Traore will win all of it with bonus points and uh, captain him or whatever it is. He's so frustrating to watch, you know, and uh, it looks like it, he could be an absolute beast. He looked like he was becoming that type of player about, was it two or three seasons ago at Wolves? And yeah. it, and then again, he just kind of, kind of reverted to the mean. So, yeah, it, it, it really doesn't seem to be working for him. And then the other team that we were kind of cold on, and actually came back and did quite well was Everton, who went to goal down and then came yeah. back and looked a transformed team in the second half. Do you put that down down just to Southampton being so poor at the moment? Or do you really attribute it to Everton being, you know, that much better or, or really, really good there? Look, I think there were a lot of balls being being put into the middle, which is definitely a, a good sign for Calvert-Learn. Um, he, he's on my watch list, but again, I'm not... I'm not so convinced right now. I think there there's still better options, but I think if you are looking for for an Everton pair, I think Calvert Learn is the way to go. Um, but it's it's eight million and it's it's an expensive uh, luxury at the moment. Yeah. So yeah, I, I would be aware of Richarlison. I think uh, he, he's a great player, but again, if if we look at previous seasons. He doesn't tend to convert that into into FPL points. He's a very streaky well. player as well. Yeah, yeah he yeah. tends to have that one game where he'll haul and then he'll go away and then not do anything and then he'll just pitch up again and then just, you know, out of nowhere. And then if you're fortunate enough to have him that week, then good for you. But yeah. it, it, it just doesn't... Yeah, with him, I suppose, there's never that consistency where you trust him enough to just say, okay, let me put him in for five weeks or four weeks or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, he's certainly never a player you're going to captain. And that's uh, yes, and that's also exactly, something to yeah. consider. Like, yeah. you know, bringing someone in, is this a guy Is this guy who's ever going to perform in a, in a way that I, that I would want to captain him? And yeah, he's just not that player for me. I, th- I think Calvert-Lewin is by far the best choice, but, uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still erring on the nervous side with Everton. I didn't think they looked particularly good. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think especially because I'm not convinced by Southampton because I think they're just so poor. Yeah, it, that's what puts me, makes me wary of Everton at the moment because I, I just need to see more of them before I'm convinced that this is something that they can do consistently. You know, and um, yeah, I, I think uh, so. Th- that's definitely one that I'm probably looking out for, even though like you know we discussed it and we wouldn't too keen on them initially and uh, and then Chelsea Chelsea were brilliant 
So again, they Crystal Palace looked a bit poor, but Chelsea uh, again the FPL legend Alonso scores a brilliant <laughs> free kick. Yeah, gets he a was. Clean sheet. I mean, I I wanted to put him in my team so badly, but I just hated the idea of having to put him in for one game week and know that I would have to transfer him out in game week two. Yeah, and and that's what kept me away from him. I think, I mean, Chelsea were always going to do well against Crystal Palace, and then the problem was they've got five games afterwards that are just absolutely terrible yeah and yeah. Alonso is not going to very unlikely to play game week two and then there's um, Chilwell also you know you've got Chilwell coming yeah. back you've got James coming back you've got um you, you just got rotation happening for sure at the back and uh, you know for Chelsea and there was no there wasn't even an attacker that you could could nail on for the for the game so I mean Alonso I would if, if he played every week he would be probably one of the first players in my team but uh, yeah, Chelsea's fixtures are, are going to be tough for the next uh, five weeks. So I'd be careful of, of, of having a Lancer on your team if you were transferring him in, for sure. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. He's, he, when he came to Chelsea play specifically, I've you know kind of avoided them, even though there are some tempting players. You always maybe looking at a player like Rudiger or someone like that and thinking, okay, you know what, maybe he could just be worth taking a punt on. But yeah, I just didn't feel that it it could be it it was worth the hassle this early in the season. Yeah, I think it was always going to take a transfer up, and then and that's the thing is like. I think transfers are gold in the beginning. You know, if injuries come up, things happen on in these international breaks. Uh, you want to have those transfers in the bank, and and really, if you can, avoid that early wild card because when it comes December and there's some fixtures that get moved around, and there's a game snowed out or something like that, and a little double game week pops up, I promise you that that wild card will be gold. Yeah, exactly, and. Uh... Did we talk about Brentford? Brentford and Arsenal. I can't. I can't no, we, we didn't. We, uh, we didn't. Right? Yeah. What now? Which one is the bigger upset here? Is it that one or is it uh, uh, <laughs> Watford versus Villa or, or City versus Spurs? But either I, way, I, I, I think even Arsenal uh, fans will tell you that the Brentford <laughs> one wasn't a big upset. Um, no, I think the biggest upset was them winning two 0 and uh, and Tony only getting two points. I think that's. Uh, you know, there was a meme going around with the uh, with with the scoreline, and and then you know all the all the Tony owners with a big smile on their face, and then seeing Tony having two points and the and the smile being wiped off. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look, uh, the one player who really caught my eye, and I've heard people talk about him on social media during the preseason, but obviously because I hadn't watched him before. You know, I, I didn't have enough info to go on, but uh, Mbuemo, the who's 5.5 million in midfield, he looked, he, he was almost pl- the most advanced player at times. Like Tony was dropping in a bit deep into almost like a number 10 role, but Mbuemo was, was in the box and I think he had a shot on target or, or something like that at one point. I can't yeah. remember specifically, but he's definitely one as well that I'll be putting on the watch list where. For 5.5 million, I think he could be a bargain. But again, you know, Brentford's fixtures, if I remember correctly, don't look that great um, uh, in, in the short term. But definitely one to look out for maybe as a backup option later in the season as well. Yeah, I mean, I, think, I don't think their fixtures are terrible. They've got Crystal Palace and then Aston Villa in the next two weeks. But the games are away. Um, and they're a promoted side, like we said. I think you need to... Give them some time to adjust, see, see how their assets perform. Um, the thing that I, I also I had in Buembo on my on my watch list, I th- 
even before FPL started. And, you know, the only thing that worries me is he seems to be playing that second striker role and sort of a great out-of-position midfield choice. But he, his conversion doesn't quite seem to be there. And again, is, is he going to be one of those players that looks fantastic it yeah. just doesn't score you those FPL points. Yeah, he'll tease you every week. Exactly. And, and when you have him, and so frustrating having those type <laughs> of players in your team. Yeah, no, look, uh, uh, awesome game week one. Absolute scenes. It was incredible. I don't know if we're going to have such a high scoring week like this for the rest of the season, apart from the double game weeks, of course. But. It was it, it, what a start, and I, the only people I feel sorry for over here is those people who are new to FPL and think it's like this every week. You know? <laughs> well, they think it's great. You just score 100 points every week. It's, exactly, uh, they, it's they such think an easy game. Normal, you know. And yeah. then, uh, wait till they, 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 the same team pitches up next week and gets you 40 points, and you wonder what the <laughs> hell went wrong. But yeah. isn't it great just to have football back? I mean, it was it was what a weekend of just watching games and there were goals flying or flying around everywhere. Yeah, it, it was yeah. It, it's just the best to actually just Yearing sit and watch the fans all these games. In the stadium as well yeah, was amazing, exactly. especially the buzz at Brentford Stadium in that opening game was absolutely immense. It was crazy. Exactly. Yeah, it's really really awesome to have football back, football with fans back, you know, and. Uh, yeah, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so optimistic. I'm so excited for the rest of the season, especially after what we've seen so far. So, yeah. Um, and then uh, I suppose, uh, and hopefully more 100-point weeks, you know, going over the next, uh, over the next few game weeks as well. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. That's a wrap for the game week one preview. And yeah, look out for the Game Week 2 review that's coming up soon. Cheers, man. Perfect. Thanks a lot.